welcome to Happy News Network. We are here to brighten your week while you take a break from doom scrolling. I'm Kristen. And I'm Shayna. We wanted to brighten social media, so we decided to make a podcast all about happy news. Join us as we discuss our happy news finds. Shayna, what is your happy news this week? All right. Finding some kitchen joy. I made a sunflower seed-based pesto the other day instead of using pine nuts. Much more budget-friendly and equally as tasty. I love that. You know how I am in the kitchen. I'm here Mm -hmm. for that. I am yeah. so here for that. It was really, really good. And it went on top of pasta and it, it was just really, really good. Yeah, I love. I sometimes will just like buy the little jars of pesto to throw on pasta and like that's my meal for the day. Like it's so good. Pa- pesto is so, it, it, I feel like you can't ever go wrong with that as a pasta accessory. Yeah. I'm like, this is green. This is healthy. This is good for me. Play. And my mom has a basil plant. So I just like ripped off the basil off it. And it was, it was really good. It was very, very home cooked and yummy. And it, I, I know exactly what to do to make it better next time. Oh, yes. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So what's happy with you? Um, we like, we've been in this apartment for almost a year and we decided it was time to rearrange some furniture just for fun, just to see what things look like in new places. So that's been a fun, like mix up of energy and you know things have been like the same every day so yeah and it was it was a fun little like quick activity that we did just maybe 10 minutes it was amazing but do you feel less groundhogs day yeah yeah because there are times (laughs) I wake up and I'm like where'd the dresser go oh it's over there now got it got it (laughs) (laughs) it's not just the same like I'm picturing like the same little boring black and white cartoon morning now at least there's a little bit of searching for things yes (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's fun um so my first article I know we've talked about like I'm a Cincinnati Reds girl and there's nothing really going on with that but we're in spring training now it is the time I have things going on now um warmer days are coming so I wanted to talk about some exciting off-season Major League Baseball news that is also a little bit Reds related. Ken Griffey Jr. was named a senior advisor to Commissioner Manfred. And I'm so pumped about this. I know Jr. has been working with the MLB since he retired like 10 years ago, but like he's like with this role, he's bringing his work on getting kids into the game at a higher level. Like he's been very involved in like kids MLB camps, but now as a senior advisor, the work he can do is like incredible. And like one of my favorite memories growing up was going to Great American Ballpark and seeing like the pomp and circumstance around Junior hitting a home run. Like there was a big countdown out in center field and I was there one day when he hit a home run and all these fireworks went off. So, and just watching all these interviews and the research I did about this, his love of baseball is genuine. Like obviously his dad played baseball, his kids are involved in sports. It's just his life. So being able to work for the MLB side by side with the commissioner and getting kids involved, I'm so pumped. So I'm really excited about Junior. Thank you for sharing about this. I didn't, I didn't see that news about him. Um, and I think you're right. Like his life has always been baseball because his dad played and then he played and he was, you know, everyone in that family is gifted at baseball. It seems, and I guess when you have routine hall of famers teaching each other how to play it, 
kind of ups the skill level in the family. Like I imagine the Griffies are kind of like baseball's Manning family. So yeah. 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 I think so. Um, well, I love that because I'm going to talk about sports too, for my first article. Um, so just in time for whatever version of March Madness we're getting this year, um, the man who invented basketball was honored with a Google doodle back in January on his birthday. Yes. So his name is James Naismith. He was born in Ontario and he became a phys ed teacher at what we now call Springfield College, Massachusetts. Uh, back then it was the International YMCA Training School. And uh there's not much in terms of primary records because he was living in the early 1900s. And uh, there is, however, one radio interview clip from 1939 when he was in his late 70s and he talked about traveling to New York City for a basketball doubleheader at Madison Square Garden. And then he also talked about how basketball began. Uh, so let's learn about the history of basketball. Uh, while teaching at in Massachusetts uh, during what he called a real New England blizzard uh, in the winter of 1891, uh, phys ed teacher James Naismith had the idea to nail two peach baskets uh, to the post inside his, his gymnasium because they couldn't do anything outside. And he split his students into teams of nine and had them throw an old soccer ball at the opposite team's basket. And evidently it got really... Uh, heavy-handed uh, very quickly because there were no rules so the guy he said the boys were just beating each other up the whole time like it was like I imagine rugby but with basketball um so he very quickly became aware of like a need for structure and rules and due to the physical nature of teenage boys they they developed series of rules and one of the first ones was no running with the ball aka no traveling and so uh, within a decade, basketball became a nationally played sport. And in 1936, it made its Olympic debut uh, in Berlin. And guess who threw the tip-off ball? Isn't that wanna. so cool, <laughs> right? Can you imagine inventing a sport and then getting to be part of the inaugural Olympic event for it? That's Which is wild. like, we need to create curling 2.0 or something because that's how we're getting to the Olympics. Um, mm. Uh, Brandon, if you could just do a little research really quickly. Um, <laughs> um, so he, Naismith, saw basketball as a way for students to physically and mentally better themselves, and he took steps to help the sport reach younger people. And uh, Google Doodle aired uh, this animation on his birthday, January 15th. And it was so cute. It featured a uh, cartoon Joe Naismith with a clipboard and two students uh, throwing balls uh, into those old school peach baskets. And in the background is like a little window and it's, you can see it snowing outside. Adorable. I love those little Google doodles. Those are precious. And I learn mm -hmm. from them when I see exactly. them. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I felt like we have to share that because it's almost March Madness and everyone's really, really ready for it this year so ready for it oh my gosh um I so I read this story a while ago but I didn't feel like sharing it because I feel like I'm always talking about Ikea and I like don't want to turn into like Kristen sponsored by Ikea but then our friends over at One Save a Day also shared this story so I was like okay well worth it so 
so many Ikea stores are owned by an investment group, which is a nonprofit that has already worked to protect over 8 million acres of land. And in early February, this group of like Ikea owners and other investors, they purchased over 10,000 acres of land in Southeast Georgia. That's home to hundreds of species, including some endangered plants and animals. And their purchase of this land will help prevent any development and is part of Ikea's initiative to be carbon neutral by 2030. I love that. And I love that you found that on one save a day too. It's good that it's circulating. Yeah. I like pinned it to read it later. And I was like, this could be an HNN, but I always talk about Ikea. (laughs) Maxime posted about this. I'll go ahead and share it. (laughs) You're following his trend. Yeah. Yeah, I was like, okay, well, if he thinks it's good enough to talk about, I do too. (laughs) I love it. Um, So this was something I, I had seen and I thought, oh, well, we've talked about baking on HNN and Kristen likes baking. So I'm going to share this. And uh, it's a heartwarming cookie news article. And so uh, in Mechanicsville, Virginia, uh, Amy McKnight has been baking and organizing this past year as the founder of the Richmond chapter of cookies for caregivers. So uh, I just loved reading about Amy and how she likes to get creative with her baking uh And I started thinking back to our Michael Gardner minisode uh, and we talked about finding creativity in the kitchen and how he also finds it via sewing. And like, Kristen, I hear you talk about baking all the time and how it's in some ways it can be a creative outlet baking. Um, And so Amy said that her favorite cookie to bake is a lavender shortbread cookie, which I would never have thought to make a lavender shortbread cookie. So I was just like, holy moly, that just sounds really good. Um, So, okay, enough about tasting things. Um, Cookies for caregivers. It has, um, it's it's also seen red velvet cookies, s'mores cookies. People have made professionally iced cookies um, in the article. Like it looks like they ordered some specialty cookie basket. Like it all looks very professional, not like the cookies I bake. Um, And so Cookies for Caregivers is a national movement all run by volunteers and strangers who, uh, meet each other through this network and they partake in baking, bagging, and deliver cookies to staff at hospitals and nursing homes who've been working during COVID-19. And one of the bakers, uh, Tracy Calvert, says baking the cookies is her way of saying thank you. And uh, it was so sweet. That article outlined that some people bake as a way to thank the caregivers uh, since they can't thank them if they've helped other family members who've received treatment. It's their way of being able to send a gift basket. And uh, so within a few weeks of starting, Cookies for Caregivers baked 240 dozen cookies. And yeah, as of Valentine's Day at the Children's Hospital of Richmond, uh, they baked over 1,000 cookies alone. So uh, yeah, Amy McKnight, uh, she said something really striking a point that we've talked about a lot uh, regarding expressing thanks and gratitude. She said, I think I grow as a person when I do something for someone else. I think they appreciate how hard they're working and it means something to the rest of us around here. They're keeping us safe and healthy and we appreciate it. And I don't know, I just feel like we're you know, 12 months into COVID being a part of our daily reality. And there are so many different ways that we can uh, take part in the thanks and giving aspect of it. And I just feel like this really warranted highlighting. 
Oh, for sure. I love that. And I mean, you know, I love baking. And yeah, brilliant. Oh, I love that. So my next story is about walking, like something that most of us do often. Um, And we all know that exercise makes you happy, like actually scientifically, not because I've tried it, but like science tells us that it does. Um, But just walking can improve your overall health and quality of life. And there's a study that started in the early 2000s where 5,000 people wore those little arm pedometers and tracked their steps. And in this study throughout the years, they have found that people who took 8,000 steps versus the people who took 4,000 steps were overall healthier. And like, I know what you're thinking, like there's a pandemic going on, Kristen, I'm not going to go mall walking, but like, you don't have to go do that. It doesn't, they've learned that it doesn't matter how you walk. Like it doesn't have to be the quick, brisk mall walking with your Walkman on, like it can just be moving around your house and cleaning. Like think of all the steps that you take when you're just vacuuming or when you're just dusting, like those kinds of things actually also help. And also they've proven that if you take a stroll around the block, you don't have to see anybody, just walk around the block, maybe take your mask with you in case you bump into somebody, but taking a walk around the block after you eat like dinner or something, just those steps are also powerful and walking in a sustainable way, like cleaning your home and going for a walk around, even just like your house after you eat can help improve your life and can help your metabolic health. Oh, it's a fun time. Just going for a walk, which is mostly I'm sharing this so that I actually do it because I don't. Well, you, good at you rearrange furniture, so you and you bake and you stand in the kitchen, so you're getting some steps in. I definitely have a stool that sometimes, if baking takes too long, I just sit down on my stool and can still reach the counter. So, well, you're extreme your laziness. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll vacuum more often. Yeah, right. I I feel like oh, I don't know if anyone's ever done this study living in a New York apartment, but uh, <laughs> right. Um. So I'm going to end on sort of a light note for entertainment because I was really looking for some some happy news with the performing arts world. And I think I found it. Um, so the Kennedy Center honors were delayed last December, which means that we get to celebrate the new batch of honorees this June. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> so before we announce this year's honorees, we're going to quickly talk about the Kennedy Center honors. Um, so this will be the 43rd year of honoring a lifetime of significant contribution to the performing arts as it relates to American culture. And the honors began back in 1978. And uh, usually every December, there's a star-studded gala with performances celebrating the honorees. And um, if you're one of our four friends who has never seen them. Uh, all you need to know is that Beyonce once performed Proud Mary for Tina Turner. So um, the inaugural honorees, uh, the class of the original class of uh, Kennedy Center honorees included opera singer Marian Anderson, triple threat Fred Astaire, ballet choreographer George Balanchine, and the first ever EGOT winner. So the first ever human to win the Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, and Tony, uh, composer Richard Rogers. 
uh, hello, Sound of Music fans. Um, and also Disney Plus recently added his Cinderella with Brandy and Whitney Houston. Um, <laughs> uh, and the last inductee uh, honoree was the classical pianist, Arthur Rubinstein. And some of the most like celebrated artists have received this award ranging from Frank Sinatra to Quincy Jones and last year, Earth, Wind and Fire. So I uh, had to talk about this. Uh, the Kennedy Center Class of 2020 honors Debbie Allen, Joan Baez, Garth Brooks, Midori, and the universally adored Dick Van Dyke. I'm so excited. And so the ceremony is going to include a limited audience and it'll be broadcast on CBS on June 6th at 9 p.m. EST. So mark your calendars. Have I ever shared with you my love of Dick Van Dyke? Like no. my the first time I met Brandon, he was my assistant for a show. And I said, I need you to know that the number one thing I tell everyone is that if anything tragic happens to Dick Van Dyke, that's when I'm taking my three grievance days. Like that's Correct. like that's it. I America's, absolutely am America's obsessed beloved with him. treasure. Yeah. Yeah. And when people ask, like, who's your favorite celebrity? Like Dick Van Dyke. So anyway, so, wow, I'm I sweating. I, I'm obsessed with Dick Van Dyke. So I'm very happy you were talking about I love that. it. I don't know if I ever knew that, but I, I also love him. Not as much as you. So what are you looking forward to? I know besides the Kennedy Center honors. Right. And now I'm like, I want to go watch every Dick Van Dyke movie right now. Um, but kind of on the same lines as the Kennedy Center honors, I am looking forward to my theater is not reopening, but things in Colorado are looking really good. We're at level yellow right now. Maybe we'll move to yellow blue soon because our numbers are looking really great, knock on wood. Um, but we are planning to do a little musical review at the beginning of April. So like I had a production meeting the other day and I am emailing my boss right now. And I'm like, oh, this is delightful. Like just- That's so exciting. Yeah, it's so great. And we're just doing a quick musical review where people are singing some of their favorite songs, like five well-known Denver singers are coming in singing two songs from their rep and general awesomeness. And I'm really pumped about it. I love that. I love that you guys are also able to show that certain types of uh, actions lead to the ability to reopen carefully and safely there's there is a correlation and a, and a, a good result that's showing so that's inspiring to see yeah yeah and it's not like a big production it's not like a a huge thing it's just like five people coming together doing a little concert so it's very down and dirty as the kids say but that's <laughs> I love it, it congrats yeah, I uh, I love that and I can't wait to hear more about it and if it's streamable to watch it when it happens yeah what are you looking forward to? I, uh, as of recording yesterday, I ran 13.1 miles and, uh, it was many, many months delayed because I'd gotten injured last time I trained for a half marathon and then COVID happened. So everything just got delayed and my training began like four minutes before I started the race. So, um, just cause I, I hadn't thought of running outside an, an empty parking lot until like I was prepping my materials for the race. And so I was like, well, kind of run a lot more and trained a lot better if I'd done that. So anyways, uh, yoga, thank goodness. I discovered a series of runner based yoga that helps keep all the muscles, uh, either warmed up, cooled down, or just generally maintained in a way that helps with running. And so 
not doing too bad today, but I'm also looking forward to getting my muscles a little bit happier. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The day after <laughs> feels like a little bit of like shock. It's like the next two days where you're like, I physically can't move. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting to have to get Lucy to like get things out of the fridge. For me. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I'm feeling better than my first ever half marathon. I, I was smarter this time around. Not by much, but <laughs> amazing. I'm like not even willing to walk around the block and you're like doing half marathon. So incredible. It's fine. I haven't run outside except for that in over 12 months because I, uh, it's just not a thing I'm willing to do right now with COVID. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I was able to make it work that I could be away from humans in a big empty parking lot. It was kind of like having a personal track. Truly. I love that. We love all forms of happy news and happy news. Be sure to send us your own day-to-day happy news, cute pet stories, kids saying the darndest things, whatever you're up to, we love it all. Email us at hnnpodcast at gmail.com. Also, follow us on social media at hnnpodcast for happy news throughout the week. And be sure to subscribe to us through Patreon where you'll get exclusive content and more. Until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Shayna. Have Have a happy happy week. week.